What's going on, good people, and welcome to Live by the Three, a Raptors podcast with your boy Curly. Give me a follow on Instagram at Live by the Period Number Three and on Twitter slash X at Live by the Zero Three. So on January 17th, the Raptors played host to the Miami Heat, hosting Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, and company. But before we get into all that, something that has been in the room mill for over a year now, the questionable media availability by the front office and coaching the constant rumors the constant back and forth all that has been laid to rest as pascal siakam was finally traded to the indiana pacers for bruce brown jordan noara and three first round picks noran is also part of the three-team deal sending kira lewis to the raptors the pacers are sending two 2024 first rounders and a 2026 first round pick to the raptors and new orleans sends a second round pick to the Indiana Pacers, and just not too long ago, Shams dropped that Christian Coloco is being waived as the final piece to the Siakam trade has come to a close, making the trade official. Now, I was going to take a much different approach to this transaction. As you may or may not know, I've been a huge advocate of resigning Pascal. I thought this team would be better with Pascal in the rotation. Being our best player is not something you actively look to do. And by that, I mean trading your best player. But it seemed like the team was ready to move on to Scotty Barnes for quite some time. Now, I was going to take a much different approach to this deal and in terms of a reaction to it, as I felt that Pascal was disrespected throughout. But I just read not too long ago that Pascal has been in constant communication with Tyrese Halliburton and that the Indiana Pacers was his preferred destination if he was to get traded. And if he was to be traded to another team, he would not be interested in resigning with them as he is with the Indiana Pacers and allegedly is working on an extension as we speak. So with all the foolishness that this fraud office did, with all the slandering, the complete disrespect, and the end, They did right by Pascal by trading him to a team that has championship aspiration and is really on the come up with the emergence of Tyrese Halliburton, the young pieces around them, and Nemhard, Matherin, Walker, Miles Turner, Buddy Heald. They're a team that is primed to make a championship push, and Pascal deserves it. And they haven't had a power forward for quite some time, and they finally got one. And Pascal has been absolutely cooking as of late. Over the last two months, he's been averaging on just under 25 points per game, shooting 48% from three, just under six rebounds a game, and just under five assists per game. He has changed the championship conversation for the Indiana Pacers. And I truly feel that with a healthy Pascal, that they are in contention to compete for an NBA championship. But from the Raptors' side of things, this is an underwhelming deal. This could have easily been avoided. He's been in the rumor mill for quite some time now. And being on an expiring deal and the way that he's been portrayed over the last little while had done himself no favors. And he himself had done himself no favors by saying that he's not interested in playing anywhere else but the Toronto Raptors. But it seems like time has passed and... And he's had some time to reflect, and it seems like he was ready to go in the end. Now, this did not have to be as complicated and messy as it 
definitely appeared to be. I think they could have gone about this in a different way. I think that the front office has fumbled lately. And fumbling your best player and not giving him the respect that he deserves is completely unwarranted, considering that Pascal has been the ultimate professional. Now, I'm not saying that he cannot be traded, and I'm not saying that Masai has to hold on to all his players, and I think that's what happened for some, is that he held on to players a little bit too long, and the value wasn't there, but he managed to get some value out of OG. It was just unfortunate that he could not replicate the same thing with Pascal Siakam. Now, Bruce Brown ain't no scrub. I, I love the idea of having him. He's somebody that could do a little bit of everything and play defense. Jordan Nawara uh, is a shooter, 3 and D type of potential, but he was just a salary filler at this point. What I do find interesting is that they traded the picks from the 2024 draft because they felt that it was a weak draft, and now they made it a priority to get three first-round picks. Now it is three first-round picks, but it's in the same draft that they did not want to be a part of so like pascal maybe hearts have changed maybe they they see something that is being developed in 2024 nba draft nonetheless all this deal indicates to me giving the underwhelming nature of it is that there is another trade on the horizon and you're already hearing that bruce brown may be flipped so his stay as a raptor might be short-lived either way moving off from your best player and getting a package that is apparently setting you up for the future, there definitely has to be other moves along the way. But we will see how all this goes. I'm I'm not particularly happy that Pascal was traded, but I'm definitely happier now to find out that he is going to be happy on the Indiana Pacers, and he's going to be able to compete and play winning basketball. And we don't know where the Raptors are heading, but... We definitely know where the paces are heading right now. So, Pascal, we salute you. We appreciate you. And we wish you nothing but the very best for the foreseeable future. I will say, though, it is very interesting that Pascal got traded on the day that the Raptors are set to play a back-to-back against Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. I definitely do find that funny. But we had a game, regardless of a Raptor-altering trade. We had a game. And... The Raptors, being undermanned, still without Jakob Pertl, still going with that small ball, definitely fit the notion that whenever a player gets traded from a team, it definitely lights a fire under them. And a fire was definitely lit under the Raptors tonight. And they absolutely demolished the Miami Heat, scoring 78 points at halftime, which is a season-high Probably a franchise record. I haven't followed that up. But it was complete domination from beginning to end. Gary Trent Jr. was inserted in the starting lineup along with Jonte Porter, R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, and Scotty Barnes, the the franchise officially now, if it wasn't (laughs) any clearer before. And it was just complete domination. Now, the Heat made a push in the third quarter, and the Raptors' offense got stagnant. Their defense got very lazy, but they quickly... Ramped it back up, started to buckle down on defense, and weathered the storm that Miami was trying to push upon them. And ultimately, won the game in convincing fashion, weathered the storm, and beat the Miami Heat 121-97. to 
where the Heat shot 41 for 90 from the field at just under 46%, 6 for 28 from 3 at 21%, and 9 for 12 from the free throw line at 75%. The Raptors shot a blistering 45 for 88 from the field at 51%, 20 for 38 from 3 at just under 53%, and 11 for 18 from the free throw line. Not very appealing at 61%. I believe they hit 13 threes in the first half, if I'm not mistaken. The Heat seemed blindsided. They seemed disinterested. They seemed like, why bother show up if this was an expectation? And we've seen this multiple times before, and even Eric Spolstra alluded to that same idea, that there's a newfound sense of purpose when a team moves off from a cornerstone. And one of the more obvious things that contributed to the Raptors' success tonight would have to be the spacing on the floor. It's not a coincidence that Jakob Pertl, OG, Scotty, and Pascal all existed in the same space. And now you you don't have Jakob on the floor. You traded OG and Pascal and Tony Scotty there. You have space to operate. And the ball movement was absolutely spectacular. By the Raptors tonight, they managed to accumulate 34 assists and... And if this is what Darko's offense is going to look like, I'm definitely interested to see how it's going to navigate itself moving forward. But it seems like a beautiful start to the BBQ era, which is Scotty Barnes, RJ Barrett, and Emmanuel Kukli. And as I'm looking at the other stats tonight, the Raptors dominated in the areas that they needed to dominate. Now, they did give up 68 points in the paint, but... They edged the Heat in offensive rebounds 13-12, to giving them 19-6 to in second chance points. Fast break points, a slight edge to the Raptors, 13-10, to but they were able to generate 21 points off of turnovers to the Heat 10. The Raptors defensively was active, was energized. The rotations were crisp for most of the game. There was a lot of double teams being sent Jimmy Butler's way. And it just forced the others on the team to attempt to cut into this deficit that was eventually 37 points, which is something that I did not expect to happen in this game. But for me, the most important takeaway is that the Raptors won three out of the four quarters. Their third quarter was probably the worst one where Miami made their push, brought the game within 15 at one point, and the Raptors' offense got stagnant. They seemed to settle for a lot of difficult shots. And credit to the Miami Heat, they they clogged the paint and made it absolutely difficult to create any sort of advantage inside. Like, everything was earned. A, a lot of N1 opportunities were sent the Raptors' way. But the Heat forced them on the perimeter, and the Raptors made them pay. Hitting 23s is something that we have not seen a lot of from this Raptors team. But I will say this. It is encouraging to see the Raptors have newfound life. They've been sporadic in terms of being that team that has that energy, has that juice every single night. And we definitely saw the juice tonight. We saw the effort. We saw the commitment to the defensive end of the ball. We saw the aggression on the offensive end, the purpose in transition. Everything was done with purpose and everything was done with a sense of urgency, the Raptors could have easily rolled over. They could have easily given up this lead, and they didn't. And that is an encouraging takeaway from tonight's game. 
Now, I'm not saying that I expect the Raptors to be blowing out teams and jumping out to leads by 37 points every single night, but you are encouraged that they have this ability, but now that their core is revolving around the 25 and under, BBQ, Scotty Barnes, RJ Barrett, and Emmanuel Quickly, you can't help but be excited about what the potential could be if and hopefully when they keep this core together. But let's get into the individual performances tonight. Scotty Barnes, the franchise, and after the game, he said that it's been discussed. It's essentially, and I'm paraphrasing, been that way, that it, this is his team now, and he feels no added pressure. And it definitely didn't look like it. 20 points, 5 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals, and a block. A 9-for-16 shooting from the field, 1-for-6 from 3, and 1-for-1 one one from the free throw line. Whether he was being guarded by Bam Adebayo or Jimmy Butler or whoever else, he did not back down at all. He understood what the assignment was, and he understood that he had to lead by example, that there was no reason to take any plays off, and he didn't. Every bucket that he got into the paint was earned. He did a great job spacing out the floor, making the additional pass, to create easy opportunities for his teammates. You also see the connection that is being developed between Emmanuel Quickly and Scotty Barnes. And I'm definitely interested to see how that dynamic moves going forward into the future. But you love the potential of what they can be like as a one-two punch. But other than the perimeter, he was awfully efficient in the mid-range. And he was aggressive. You definitely want to see that from him going forward. Jonte Porter... Looks like a player that belongs, man, in the starting lineup. Continues to play sound defense. Continues to look for his opportunities. He was able to knock down a couple threes, which is huge. And he's not a bad passer as well. His ability to space the floor, unlike Acapurtle, is opening up so many more opportunities for the Raptors. It's creating gaps in opposing defenses and easy opportunities for the rest of the team. Six points, four rebounds, two assists, two blocks. On 2-for-7 shooting from the field, 2-for-4 from 3. Gary Trent Jr., who's had a turbulent season, to say the least. Got inserted back into the starting lineup, made the first three of the game, and did not look back. He was a plus 14, 28 points, 2 rebounds, 1 steal, on 10-for-13 shooting from the field, and 8-for-9 from 3. If there is anybody that should have been motivated after this trade, should have been Gary Trent Jr., and he did not disappoint. I've been disappointed with Gary Trent Jr.'s performance overall this season. It's been very inconsistent, very sporadic, seemed disinterested at times, not energized, and it just could have been his demeanor. But that fire was missing, and he definitely found that fire tonight, and he was super aggressive, but efficient as well. He did not force anything. He stayed within the offense. And he was just letting it fly. And that's exactly what you need to see from Gary. That's exactly what he can do. He can give you buckets. And I think now with the way that the offense is going to be ran, apparently, and with willing creators in R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, and Scotty Barnes, that it's going to take some of those responsibility out of Gary's hands. And he can be that spot-up guy or that transition guy. The game definitely looks to be easier for him. It definitely seems like the Raptors are going to give him an opportunity to play out this season and see where he goes. But if Gary can continue to play like this, and with Pascal Siakam no longer part of the team, we're definitely going to need his offensive ability. So a solid game from Gary. It was great to see him 
knock down those threes tonight, and we needed every single one of them. He was a huge component to this 37-point lead at one point. R.J. Barrett, another solid game from him. Playing that bully ball, getting to his left hand, dunking at the rim, finishing at the rim, getting into the paint, floaters, mid-range, shots from three, you name it. He continues to be so impressive that given his tenure when he was on the Knicks, you you didn't know what you were going to get from RJ. But I definitely believe that a change of scenery, being at home, having that sense of comfort, no pressure, was definitely going to be beneficial for him. And it's been absolutely spectacular. It, it didn't matter who was at, going at him. He, he was making his way at the rim. He got to the free throw line 13 times, knocking down seven. He looks like a brand new player, and he looks like a dominant player. He looks confident. And I'm still trying to wrap my head around how he was basically a throw-in in the Emmanuel Quickly deal. And I, for one, I will say this, and I will continue to own it. I definitely thought that Emmanuel Quickly was the get. And I don't feel differently, but it's starting to look like the Raptors definitely pulled the fast one over the Knicks, managing to get R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel quickly. And R.J. has absolutely outperformed his expectations. His ability to just get what he wants in the same direction every single time on the left side is nothing short but impressive. But I think what has been all equally as impressive is his aggression on defense, the way that he's competing, and his ability to create whether it's in transition and it wasn't crisp in the beginning but his ability to create in transition and more specifically in the half court has been an absolute joy to watch i'm having so much fun watching rj and emmanuel quickly not a very efficient game but impactful game nonetheless 17 points eight rebounds nine assists on six for 16 shooting from the field three for six from three and two for two from the free throw line His playmaking was on full display. It's something that he wanted to work on, and he's definitely been showing that since he's gotten to the Raptors. I believe 10 of the points in the first quarter was assisted by Emmanuel Quickly. I think he had five assists. And his ability to keep pressure on opposing defenses as an offensive player, and now he's going to be implementing being a facilitator into the mix he's gonna keep defenses on his toes now his shot selection wasn't the best there were a lot of forced possessions while he was going into the paint hence the six for 16 but i think you are encouraged that he doesn't have to force too many bad shots because he has rj scotty and depending on where gary goes he can defer in some possessions and take and share offensive responsibilities uh, especially if defenses are zeroing in on him but 63 points for the bbq era you will definitely take it as for the role players tonight thaddeus young continues to produce (laughs) Um, it's been absolutely mind-boggling but he's a vet and he's been ready and He's been contributing, man, being that small ball center, especially coming off the bench and just playing solid defense. Cannot say enough about Thaddeus Young and his his impact that he's having coming off the bench while he's getting these minutes. Five points, eight rebounds, two assists, one steal on two for six shooting from the field and one for two from the free throw line. 
Chris Boucher, solid minutes on the defensive end. Two points, seven rebounds, two offensive rebounds, one for three from the field, 0 for one from three, and one block. He was a plus 20. And he was just competing, man. He was all over the place. He was challenging shots, obviously being aggressive on the defensive glass, was playing with energy. And you definitely want that from Chris Boucher every single night. Uh, Jalen McDaniels, Garrett Temple, both had two minutes each, contributed with an assist, a couple steals, but they were just getting minutes in garbage time. Dennis Schroeder continues to be efficient coming off the bench. Didn't have to share a lot of the offensive responsibility. He was there as a facilitator, and therefore his defensive presence uh, was able to get three threes to go down, giving him nine points, one rebound, six assists, and a steal. He was just efficient, and he was not forcing it. I definitely thought that he was going to be in the starting lineup tonight, but I am encouraged that they didn't put him in, that they kept him off the bench because he's been very, very positive for the Raptors coming off the bench, and obviously Gary Trent Jr. capitalizing opportunity. So hopefully that trend will continue. Javon Freeman-Liberty got two minutes, same as Garrett Temple, same as Jalen McDaniels, and he was able to score getting his first run in the NBA, two points and one rebound. Um, I'm definitely interested to see how he's going to perform. He definitely has like a Norman Powell type of vibe to him and that same kind of grittiness. I'm definitely interested to see what he's going to look like going forward. And last but definitely not least, Grady Dick. In 12 minutes, six points, four assists, two steals, going perfect from the three-point line. He got in there. I believe his first shot was closed out by Duncan Robinson. He pump fake, sidestep, and he pulled from three. It looked confident. It looked comfortable. And, man, I'm just so excited to see him. Not only tonight, but for the foreseeable future. If you have not heard as of yet on the Running Off the Screen podcast with the man they call Mac, we were advocating and endorsing Grady Dick to get minutes as there's no excuse for him not to get minutes and I think with this team's current construction building towards the future it seems like Grady Dick is going to get more opportunities but you love that he's playmaking I I think and a transition opportunity it led to an RJ fast break dunk he just looks like the player that the Raptors were expecting him to be so maybe that time off did him some good but I love that they prioritized him I love that they put him in position to be successful and allowed him to get a feel for the game and that is something that I thought was definitely missing from the whole Grady Dick experience but you are encouraged about what steps they have taken if this was the result. Not getting consistent minutes, being out of the rotation, being in the G League to bounce back the way that he did and be a plus 14 to end the game, you're definitely encouraged by that, and I could not be happier for Grady. And with that, the BBQ era has begun. The Raptors are 1-0 since the Pascal trade. New trend. No, I'm just joking. I'm not going to be doing that. But the Raptors are 16-25 and 25 for the season, and they are in a back-to-back situation, like I alluded to in the early part of the podcast, playing host to DeMar DeRozan and the Chicago Bulls on Thursday night. A TNT game, so a national televised game for the Raptors, which is definitely encouraging. But this is a Chicago Bulls team that has been playing better basketball as of late. They are an aggressive rebounding team. They're a team that likes to generate lots of free throw opportunities, and... They like to push the ball in transitions. All things that the Raptors are 
leaning into these days. But I think if the Raptors are going to have a chance to beat the Chicago Bulls, they're going to have to be very aggressive on the the glass. They cannot allow the Chicago Bulls to have second chance opportunities. Be disciplined on defense. I know that's easier said than done, but they are a team that likes to get to the free throw line. You got DeMar, who is like the pump fake king. He learned from Kobe Bryant. You definitely want to stay disciplined on the defensive end and get back in transition. Get back on defense. Do not give them easy opportunities. You're not going to be able to hit 23s every single night. So the Raptors are definitely going to have to be disciplined. And more importantly, they have to take care of the basketball. They are ninth in the league for steals per game. And again, you do not want to give the Chicago Bulls many opportunities to score. And especially transition opportunities. So get back on defense. Be sound defensively. Take care of the basketball. And lean into your strength. And we will see how all this unfolds on Thursday night. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a podcast. Thank you to all listeners doing all for tuning in. I appreciate every single one of you. It's going to be interesting to see what this team is going to look like going forward. It's definitely going to be interesting to see what else is going to be on the horizon for the Toronto Raptors. But you are encouraged by the BBQ era. You are encouraged that Grady Dick has made his reappearance and appears to be playing confident basketball this was a team that did not have a future and all of a sudden the future is going beyond scotty barnes and i'm excited to see what this team is going to look like it is disappointing to see pascal go but you can't help but to be happy for him as well so once again pascal best of luck to you in indiana and we appreciate you and you will definitely be missed if you have not done so already, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It means so much if you take time to do so. And until the next episode, which will be very soon, everyone, please continue to stay healthy and stay safe. Good people. Peace.